Bless me, Don Julio, for I have sinned. It has been 21 days since my last podcast. Okay, quiet on the set, everybody. Stand by. Roll camera. Speed. Roll sound. Speed. Market. And cue talent. Hello and welcome I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week in production, I am back in the saddle. So you may or may not be aware, there hasn't been a podcast in about three weeks. And I've been busy, busy just uh, reclaiming some mental health, and I've been busy preparing for Iditarod, but I also did something that's been long overdue, and I was sort of forced into it in a way. You may remember some of the ongoing drama in getting my whole house generator installed. Well, one of the uh, one of the ramifications of that installation was that they had to run a gas line from the gas meter through the house to the outside in the backyard, and that went through my closet in my office where I had a lot of let's just call it junk. A lot of junk from when I had a big office in another uh, town and I had a lot of computers and a lot of stuff. So I had to clean it out so they could work. And then, of course, we had um, a big giant snowstorm here in the East. We've had many. This has been the snowiest February, I think, on record uh, for quite some time in, in New York, at least. Much of the junk that I put outside is now covered under snow, so it's clearly not going back into my office. So I took the opportunity to sort of clean the entire office, and I'm talking about everything from things that were on shelves in the office, not even just in the closet, but I rewired my network infrastructure. I had a big soundproof enclosure for my shared storage drive from Smalltree. It's very loud, and it's a 16-bay shared storage server fans. And I had a hand-me-down soundproof enclosure going back a number of years. I've had it for probably 15 years. And it was made by Extreme Mac. And it's very nice. It's deep. It's it's like a 42-inch deep enclosure, and it's soundproof, and it has fans and cable pass-throughs. It's very nice. And I've been using that. It's been in my office. And on top of that, I had put some printers and things like that, and I had just a whole bunch of network things, USB printer sharing, uh, just a lot of connections in the rack and it wasn't convenient to get inside the rack just because of the nature of the way it was placed in the office and the doors you couldn't really get into it like you would if it was in a server room so getting into the back of the rack to change cables or run new cables or troubleshoot something was a pain so i thought i would take the opportunity with the closet being cleaned out to maybe make a custom shelf and ditch the rack and put the the sand in the closet with the other networking equipment and simplify the, the wire path and all that. So that really took about a week of time. 
it was like a cleansing rebirth kind of experience. I threw away so much junk. I still have a few more shelves of junk to throw away. I'm talking about old, I have old DLT machines going back to the Panasonic P2 days, the Quantum DLT 600A. I have two of them. If you want one, let me know. You can have it basically for free, just the cost of shipping. I also have these beautiful Firewire 800 RAID 5 drives. The only RAID 5 Firewire 800 RAID that I know of. It was made by a company called Kano Technologies. When I was an Apple reseller, we would sell those with every single system. And they were great because it was it was a three-disc RAID 5 in hardware. You could hook it up to your Mac of the day, and it was just tremendous. So I've got two of those. Don't need them. <laughs> but I've been saving them just because they're working. So if you want one of those, reach out. This week in production at gmail.com. Let me know, and we can make an arrangement to uh, give those away. So I rewired all of the networking. I took the printers and I put them on a dedicated printer shelf in the corner. I got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. I still have a bunch of old CDs and books I'm just going to toss. I've got some old telly awards I'm going to toss. It's really, I'm, I'm purging. I'm trying to purge. And I've got to get the snow out of the rest of my environment before I can get a dumpster in here and just really get rid of the rest of it. But that's been a big task. And I finally got that finished. I've got some new furniture in the office. I made some room. It's just less clutter now, which is nice. Very nice. I recommend doing this you know, every few years. I, I probably would have painted and maybe did new carpets if I really had the ability to put stuff outside as I was cleaning. But I, I just, with the amount of snow we have, it just wasn't practical to do. So I've got all of that out of the way now. Got my new shelf in the closet. It's pretty quiet. I can close the door. It's less noise in the in the edit area of my office. I've purged a lot of office supplies. I had staples like you wouldn't believe, paper clips, things I really just don't use anymore. But I just, you know, one of those things you don't throw them away. But he's like, ah, I'll use them sometime. But nope, I'm purging. I am purging. In addition to all of that sort of uh, work, the, the non-billable but very important work to do, I've also been doing pre-production live streaming for the Iditarod, some of the events that would normally take place prior to the race, the bib drawing and, and interviews with the mushers, we decided that we would do a few uh, panel discussions. We would record them live and then we're going to run them as look lives during uh, pre-race week, which is next week. And typically I do these remote contribution projects all the time. We use uh, Mimo Live software on my Mac Pro, and it's uh, a WebRTC client that they have called a Mimo Call, and it works great. They're, they've been very responsive, the developers of Mimo Live. It's a company out of Germany called Boinks, B-O-I-N-X, and two, uh, two brothers, you know, not a big, big software company, but very responsive. 
And they were using these weird random name generators to put together a unique uh, ID for each Mimo call. And they would expire, I think, over 30 days or, or 90 days or whatever it was. So they would just have these random words being generated together. And for the most part, they were okay. But sometimes you'd get like this purple monkey haze word that you'd have to send out to your corporate client. And it just wasn't really professional. And I had suggested a couple of times that maybe they consider going to just an alphanumeric string that's very generic because no one really cares. It's not like you have a vanity URL. And they did. They actually wrote that into an update, and that was great. And now they've actually redeveloped the WebRTC client. There were a few little bugs and problems with the old RTC client, one of them being that it didn't work on mobile browsers. And for the, at least for the iOS devices, you had to use their app, which was called Mimo Reporter. And it was a good app because it would let you actually record a local file, which I liked as a backup and actually a better quality if you were trying to do an edit, which is a lot of what I do is, uh, live streaming, get the stream files, but also then get the recorded file and cut something a little cleaner looking. So the app worked great for that, but then there's the whole sort of collateral damage of trying to get someone to get an app installed. If it's a corporate client and they have a provisioned phone, that becomes a problem. So the, the, the Mimo Reporter app was good. It wasn't perfect. It worked, and it was the only solution on iOS. And um, I'd given him a few suggestions for ways to make it better, but it just never materialized. I, I get, you know, the iOS development thing is probably a different animal, and it's probably just not worth it because the app is basically free. But they've been working on the WebRTC client, and the new version, which is in beta technically, works on iOS now. So you don't need the app. You can run it on Safari or Chrome or whatever the uh, Apple WebKit on the iOS you know, is supporting. It works natively now. You don't need the app, which is great. And it has a few new features that we're missing, like the ability to hide your own self-view. And you can resize the window or move the boxes around, which is really nice. Clean, much cleaner interface. So I've been using it. And it's, in my testing, it's been great. It's worked so well that I've been using it with clients, and for the most part, it's been good. But as we're doing these musher panel records, I've had a few weird issues that I only can attribute to it being beta still. We had one problem where the access for the camera and the microphone, the little pop-up that's supposed to come up, doesn't always come up. And if you can't access, you can't allow access, the privacy settings on the Mac will basically not allow anything else to come forward. That's been a weird little thing. We haven't been able to figure out why that happens on some systems and not others. We've also seen some weird things with return video where it's just black, even though it's sending, in my end, shows it's sending video and data down the pipe to the computer, the person on the receiving end of the call does not see return video. 
And the only way I've had to get around that is to either generate a new call, which sometimes works, or have them go back to the non-beta link. So it's been a little bit of back and forth. I'm anxious to see when that will be out of beta because it looks like it will be a big improvement for live streaming. So we've done three panel records, um, lots of challenges just with the technology. Normally with corporate clients, you have to hold their hand. I have very detailed how to get started documents that we've created with pictures and screenshots and, and you know, simple steps for them to follow. I've sent them out to, you know, all the people who are participating. So we've had to do hand-holding just on the technology. But then in Alaska, where most of these mushers are participating from, there's the additional challenge of bandwidth. We take bandwidth here uh, for granted, I'd say in the lower 48 and in most modern uh, densely populated areas, we take bandwidth for granted. Uh, in Alaska, in rural parts of Alaska, if you've got a three meg upload, that would be considered a lot. Sometimes it's not even that. And it makes it very challenging to do live streams. We've had a few where we just couldn't, you know, I was getting like a 640 by 360 frame at two frames per second coming out of their system. And of course, that's not really great TV. So we've had to adapt, maybe doing audio only with a picture. Doesn't make, you know, as I said, great TV, but you got to do what you got to do, right? It's live streaming and it's COVID and it's Alaska. It's like a triple whammy <laughs> for Iditarod. So that's been a challenge. I've been working with Tom on that, and uh, he's getting ready to um, depart to Alaska. That'll probably be next week's podcast. You'll probably get two weeks in a row uh, from this week in production for uh, maybe, you know, we'll be on a little regular roll for a while. We'll see. The other thing that I've been experimenting with in terms of live streaming and remote content acquisition is a service by a company called LiveX. They're based in New York City. They're like a, uh, a live event company. They do uh, live streaming and they do unboxings and they, you know, they look like they've got a studio and I I've never worked with them directly. I've seen their videos on YouTube and things like that. But they've got a service now called Rivet. And it's a, it's a fee-based, monthly fee-based service. And they've got a, basically it's a portal for doing um, SRT video contribution. There's an app on a Mac or a Windows client, or I think you can do it maybe on an iOS device and it uses SRT, but there's a web backend that you, you know, set up and then it's, you put in your your destination and your target, and you can get an SRT feed going through their uh, control system. And it's interesting because, you know, SRT is a secure, reliable transport or simple, reliable transport. And it's meant for, you know, very good quality, given the bandwidth, very good quality, simple to use, remote contribution. 
It's not as full featured as WebRTC, I don't believe. I don't think it has all of the components built in automatically to the software. It's sort of like roll it yourself. But for $25 a month, I can use this service as a way to get SRT into my Intenor uh, streaming server. And if you have software that supports SRT, you could go directly in. Right now, Mimo Live does not support inbound SRT or outbound SRT. I think they're looking at a way to implement it. So for me, I can do SRT in my hardware, in my Intenor router. So I've been playing with that. On the uh, iPhone or on iOS devices, there's an app called Larynx Broadcaster which is a nice little app. It uh, can do SRT, takes the camera, streams it, and it can record, and it can do 4K if your phone supports it. So that's sort of what I've been experimenting with. I haven't had enough time to get deep into it, but I've committed 25 bucks to the test. I may try to pull it out as a test during Iditarod from Alaska when they're in uh, Anchorage just to see how it works. I don't have an easy way to do return video yet, but I gotta, I gotta get on the phone with uh, Intenor tech support and work through that. So that's what's happening here at uh, TWIP headquarters, the OTEC TV headquarters. That's what's happening. I'm waiting on my generator to be blessed by the building inspector. I've got drywall people fixing uh, walls and ceilings. Um, my roof is on the schedule to be fixed, uh, replaced. Insurance has gotten back to me. So things are heading in the right direction for me mentally, though the Iditarod's going to start and it's going to be, you know, three weeks of hurt. So for now, we're busy, we're happy, we're getting through it. Hope you're doing the same. Next week, Tom Chartrand, maybe Christian Schlicht on their departure to Alaska. We'll do a quick podcast with them and I'll probably have some more updates about Iditarod as we get into the heart of that going forward. So thank you for listening. Thank you for reaching out. If you want any stuff from my clean out pile, raids, DLTs, drop me a note this week in production at gmail.com. I'll see you next time. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that This Week in Production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening. <laughs>